0: Welcome, listeners, to a new episode of Criminal Mind, a brand new true crime podcast that delves into shocking cases that all tie into mental health. I'm Raviv, and this is our sixth episode. I randomly stumbled across this case online, and upon reading more about it, I realized that this one has so many hidden layers. I was actually surprised to see this story written about on many national news websites because I'd sadly never heard of Amanda Deguio before this. The more we all learn about missing persons, the more of us can keep our eyes open for these loved ones. The hope is that with more awareness and education, more missing persons can find their way home. With that said, we're going to strap in and walk through the story of Amanda de together. Let's take a swim in the mind of a criminal. Welcome to Criminal Mind. The disappearance of 24-year-old Amanda de is a story that has puzzled many. The young mother vanished on June 3rd, 2014, without a single trace left behind. All of her belongings remained at her Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania home, as well as both of her young children. Where did she go? And how did she just vanish with no trail at all? Seven years later, investigators are still baffled as to how they've been unable to find any viable leads on this case. Amanda had an extensive history of physical health issues including a surgery for a hiatial hernia during her childhood, as well as many breathing treatments to help control her asthma. Although she struggled with her own health, she wanted to become a brain surgeon in the future. Amanda was smart and she had a clear-cut career goal. Her goal and continued education at Newman University in the nursing program were put on hold when she found out that she was pregnant at 19. She lived on campus at Newman at this time and decided to ultimately transfer to chi institute in Marple. her transfer shifted her plan to pursue a nursing degree just a bit she devised a new plan to initially become a medical assistant while she was pregnant and then pick back up in nursing later on it's clear that amanda was intelligent despite an unexpected obstacle she was still able to stay on course with an adjusted plan While Amanda was in the hospital giving birth to her first child, she developed a skin infection, which became bothersome just two days before birth. The pain was localized to her right breast, and she was told by hospital staff to quote, "...put a bag of frozen peas on her breast," end quote, as quoted by her mother via the Delco Times. I'm not sure why they didn't address the skin infection in a more serious manner, but she was eventually diagnosed with a flesh-eating infection. She underwent three surgeries to treat the infection, lost about half of her infected breast, and was prescribed Percocet to combat the pain, which is a very strong opiate. It's also a medication that's really easy to get addicted to, and quickly, so many doctors don't like prescribing it to patients, and instead opt for prescription-strength Tylenol or Advil. The post-surgery Percocet prescription was the first link in a chain of addiction issues for Amanda. Her body quickly got acclimated to the initial dose of Percocet that she was prescribed, and then she began sneakily hiding the amount she was taking from her family members. None of them were initially aware that she was struggling with an opiate addiction. Amanda got pregnant again, two years after giving birth to her first child, and was clean from the pills during the time in between. Once she gave birth again though, she picked up again, and this is where her opiate addiction really began to spiral. In 2014, she made the switch from prescription painkillers to heroin. To cover up her usage, she stayed in regular contact with her family, putting on a happy face so they wouldn't suspect anything was wrong, at first. In May 2014, Amanda made the hard decision to seek help from a doctor for her addiction. She was prescribed Suboxone, which is a medication that's regularly prescribed to aid in minimizing withdrawal symptoms. Amanda's mom did an extensive interview with the Delco Times, and what's interesting is that her mom states that she was always aware of when Amanda was using. I always knew when she was high. It was the weirdest thing how she would go days without it and be normal. End quote, as quoted by Joanne DeGuio for the Delco Times. The articles that I've read for this case are a bit conflicting. Some say her family was completely in the dark about her usage and that Amanda was good at hiding it. This article in particular, which is a direct conversation with her mom, says the opposite. I wonder when those gears switched. When Amanda's family realized that there was a much bigger issue at hand. None of my research lists a particular instance where the family realized that Amanda was an addict. so. There's just a disconnect there that I can't seem to piece together. But Joanne de Guillo said that she knew the Percocet was Amanda's drug of choice, along with marijuana, and that they only knew about those two. So maybe Amanda went out of her way to hide her heroin usage because the family was aware that she was initially prescribed Percocet after her skin surgeries. Either way, Amanda knew that her drug usage was detrimental to her health. And aside from visiting a doctor to help, she also sought out a dentist to fix her teeth, which were unfortunately affected by the drug use. Amanda was really trying to build a positive environment around her to heal in, and her family was optimistic. But just when Amanda started to round a healthy corner, things took a mysterious turn. June 3rd, 2014. Amanda's mom Joanne brought Amanda's two daughters to preschool. When she returned home later on, there was no sign of Amanda. All of her belongings were still at the house and Amanda didn't drive, so Joanne had no idea where she might be. Joanne tried to call Amanda, but her calls went unanswered. The kicker is she left behind both her cell phone and her credit card. Strange, where could she have gone without her belongings? And who could have picked her up? Joanne made the decision to not contact the police right away. She knew that Amanda had a troubled past with drugs, and leaving unexpectedly for a short while wasn't something out of the ordinary for her. There was one main difference, though, something that Joanne noticed right away. Amanda always made sure to keep in regular contact with her family in the past, no matter where she was. Her phone calls were regular, and she really made it a point to make sure that her family knew she was okay. Joanne and Amanda's sister, Nicole, did not want to get the police involved initially. I'm sure their reluctance was related to Amanda's drug use and if her disappearance had anything to do with that, they wanted to keep Amanda safe and out of legal trouble. This is just a guess, but it's what would make the most sense given Amanda's history. Aside from that, the police very well could have just brushed off her appearance as a drug-related incident if they were contacted from the get-go. Joanne stated that Amanda wouldn't leave her two daughters willingly, according to Fox 29. Nobody had an idea of where she could have gone and how she got to wherever she was going, if willingly. Joanne and Nicole decided to leverage the usage of social media to try and find Amanda. Their posts and shares did help bring forth a couple of leads. Some people stated that they had had contact with Amanda after the date of her disappearance. She was reported to have been seen in Kensington, which is east of Philadelphia. These two really went to work and took her disappearance into their own hands, combing through drug-laden neighborhoods on their own. They wanted to search every corner possible, hanging up missing person flyers, and going as far as locating her old drug dealers to see if they had any information. According to Medium, quote, "'They wandered the street corners at night, "'handing out condoms to prostitutes, as they asked them for any information about Amanda. Many people recognized her picture, but it seems like Joanne and Nicole were always one or two steps behind the missing woman." End quote. Their dedication towards locating Amanda was unbreakable. Joanne pleaded with the public to come forward with information, if they had any. With how many sightings were reported by others, I think it's likely that some people know exactly what happened to Amanda but just didn't speak up. There was one particular lead that struck a chord with sister, Nicole. Not long before Amanda vanished, Nicole found out that Amanda had been advertising herself as an escort online. It's unclear exactly what Amanda was doing on the website she was using, called Backpage, when Nicole confronted her. She said the ad was a joke. But when Joanne and Nicole had been going door to door, searching for hints about what happened to Amanda. A woman that they spoke to said that she had previously given Amanda a ride to Swarthmore, a town just five miles from where she vanished. But that wasn't all. The woman also told Joanne that Amanda was living in an apartment with another man, one that she was working for. It's impossible to know if this woman was telling the truth, but it's definitely a random thing to kind of try and pull out of thin air. This tip concerned Nicole. It reminded her of that advertisement she found on Backpage earlier in 2014. Was Amanda somehow led into prostitution through the advertisement that she posted and trapped into working for this supposed man that she was living with? Unfortunately, nothing ever came of this conversation and it seemed to become more clear that Amanda may not have wanted to be found. Two months following Amanda's disappearance and desperate to find her, the Guillos finally got the police involved. While I can understand them likely not wanting Amanda to face any legal trouble if her disappearance was drug-related, it's very strange that they waited that long to file a missing persons report. They were really doing everything they could to find her in the meantime, but the police weren't even aware that Amanda was missing. When they did finally go to report her missing, they found out that there was actually a warrant out for her arrest on drug-related charges. Everything that they seemingly tried to protect their missing girl from, sadly couldn't be escaped. But the details surrounding the warrant were even more eerie than anticipated. Prescription fraud. She was wanted for prescription fraud. And the date she committed this crime was three weeks after she disappeared, on June 23rd, 2014. According to Medium, quote, she was facing charges of identity theft, theft by deception, narcotics violations, and receiving stolen property, end quote. I can't even begin to imagine the range of emotions that her family felt. I'm positive that they were somewhat relieved that she really was seen in the area after she vanished. But on the other hand, It feels like this is exactly what they were trying to protect her from, almost like they knew. I don't think that they did at all, but I'm sure that they had suspicions about her behavior. She used another person's name to get a prescription of Oxycontin at a pharmacy in Drexel Hill, the town where her mother's house is located. Joanne and Nicole had been searching for her endlessly and she just happened to still be in the same town a few weeks after her disappearance. It's unknown if she stayed in the Drexel Hill area or shifted somewhere else, but the latter is more likely because of how many people claimed that they saw her elsewhere. With the police involved, they started to put the pieces together on their own, and there was a lot to unravel. They knew about her drug usage, they knew about the prescription fraud, They also found out that Amanda had somehow gotten involved in prostitution, and this was the point where they didn't have a good gut feeling about what the outcome of this case would be. Their thought was that she was being trafficked, and that she likely would have been viewed as a young girl who was easy to manipulate because of her drug addiction. She wanted to make healthy changes, but she never really got the chance to work on her recovery before she disappeared if an older man lured her in with the promise of drugs provided her with a fix it is very tough for an addict to say no and i think the saddest part about that theory is that amanda had so much promise she really wanted to be better to feel better to make those positive changes for her health and her daughters if that theory is correct it's just heartbreaking and disgusting that Someone would manipulate her because they knew she was vulnerable. Upper Darby Township Police Superintendent Timothy M. Bernhardt believed that, quote, Amanda had a heart of gold and that she associated with the wrong people, end quote, as reported by the Delco Times. Everyone seems to be in complete agreement that Amanda had a beautiful soul, a kind heart. She just got mixed up with the wrong people. Police followed hundreds of leads over the years, but unfortunately, none of them led to Amanda. They said that they haven't found any video or digital evidence of her since her disappearance, which is just really surprising because there are cameras everywhere nowadays. In businesses, on street corners, on the highway. I feel like it takes effort to avoid being found on a public street camera. This was an exhausting mystery. And the narcotics unit spent an endless amount of time scanning through social media, Backpage, where she initially posted an escort ad, all kinds of posts on Craigslist. They were just looking for a trace of her. A glimpse. And they found absolutely nothing. The case was beginning to go cold, but investigators still weren't ruling out foul play. In June 2018, police took a renewed interest in the case although it was never officially closed. The case was always open, but they had previously searched practically every corner possible and had found no true leads. The police had reportedly received new information about Amanda's disappearance. But what's odd is that they provided no other information to the public. The case was changed from a missing persons case to a criminal investigation, which is even more bizarre. This means that police must have really found something that showed a clearer path to finding Amanda or finding out what happened to her. No new information came from this though, despite police threading through the case weekly. The most recent apparent sighting of Amanda was in July 2019, and this information originally felt like it might garner some answers multiple unnamed people claimed that they saw amanda on a street called kensington avenue and it wasn't just one sighting multiple people said that they saw amanda all in this exact same location one of the witnesses actually made it a point to get as close as they could to her and take a photo which went wild on social media this girl really looked like amanda and the Guillos felt a renewed sense of hope and anticipation The sightings and speculations led one of the police investigators to actually camp out in his car on Kensington Avenue, hoping to catch her walking by. And guess what? He did get a glimpse of her. Shocked, he got out of the car and went up to the woman carefully, but she immediately told him that she was not Amanda. Others had already approached her, aside from the detective, so I'm sure the woman was feeling frustrated with the constant unwanted attention. Thankfully, the detective double-checked her ID to make sure that she was telling him the truth. This was my first thought, that it was Amanda and she was just lying because she didn't want to be found. But they determined that it wasn't her, and that hopeful lead was quickly shot dead. There are so many dead ends to this case, and so many questions that won't be answered until Amanda is found dead or alive. Did she leave intentionally? Or was she lured out of the house and into a life of prostitution? I'm not sure if waiting to bring the police into the picture was the right idea or not. The two month lead with the help of investigators really might have been able to provide the family with more resources to locate her. Joanne and Nicole always seem to be right in the cloud of where she was last. This story is just so heartbreaking, especially for her two small daughters who are now living with Joanne across the street from their old place in Drexel Hill. Amanda's case is still open and active, and investigators go through her case regularly to try and find anything that they might have initially missed. If you or anyone you know may have information on the disappearance of Amanda DeGuillo, please reach out to the Upper Darby Township Police Department at 610-734-7693. Thank you again so much for checking out Criminal Mind. If this is the first episode you've listened to, there are five other episodes you can listen to that we've released so far. I'm starting to look for new cases to write episodes about next month, so if you have any suggestions that fit the realm of Criminal Mind, you can reach out to me on socials at IamRevive across the board. I tend to kind of go through reddit threads to look for cases um, that I haven't heard about before and those are the ones that I typically delve into. I actually found this case in particular on the FBI website, just looking through missing persons. If you just want to send over some feedback, message me, tweet me, anything. Just let me know what your thoughts are, if there's anything that can be improved, etc, etc. If you like what you're hearing so far, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, rate us 5 stars, and share with all of your true crime addicted friends. See you next time. Love, Revive.